It's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. We're going to start the show off today with a little ACDC and a song called Rock and Roll Singer. So, as always, when you listen to my show, make sure you have a good stereo, and now is the time to turn it up.
right, that was ACDC with Rock and Roll Singer off of their High Voltage album. So, like I said, it's 6 p.m. You're tuned into Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. It's an independent view show. We play some music, talk about what we see on social media. A lot of times, I just view things on social media because Facebook has a way of throwing people off when they express themselves. <laughs> so if you haven't seen me on Facebook in a while, I got two more days to go, folks. So like I said, though, you can go to my group, Louie Live, and ask to join. It's a good place to showcase your music. And if you ever want to come on a radio station with me, just give me a holler. We'll set you right up, okay? So, like I say, this is not a news show. It's an opinion show. And it's my opinion. I discuss whatever I see on the news, social media, what's going on in Vermont, the United States of America, greatest country in the world, or around the world. And uh, one thing we all saw today was uh, Shepard Smith, who does a show every afternoon on Fox News. Today was his last show. And he's been with Fox News for 23 years, it said. A lot of times he was doing things behind the scenes. But years ago, he got a spot in the afternoon. And he always gave his opinion. Most of it was slanted to the left. But if you're going to do that, don't call yourself a news show. Because there aren't really any news shows anymore. You know, Fox News should probably not be called Fox News. Because they have a lot of people with shows on it that give their opinion like... Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker's on there. Mark Levin is on Sunday night, and he has a really good show. Basically, he goes off the deep end on his radio show, but when he hosts his show on Fox on Sunday nights, he's usually interviewing somebody, and he's a lot more cordial and laid back, which uh, I would rather see him being himself like he is on his radio show. But like I said, Shepard Smith was on Fox News for 23 years. And he's gone. So now they're going to have a bunch of news anchors, they say. Swapping it off, taking his place. And if they're going to read the news, I say, that's a good thing. More power to them. I wish them all well. But if they're just going to sit on there and give their opinion then they should be calling it a news agency. The same thing with CNN News. Most everything on CNN is fake. And a lot of times when people threaten to sue them in court, then they have to walk their fake stories back. Personally, I think they should be pulled off the air. Happens a lot, folks. Remember... CBS News, Dan Rather was the anchor every night, 7 p.m. 
He took Walter Cronkite's place. Dan Rather and his crew of people, they got fired for making up fake news. You know, that's a politically correct term nowadays, folks. Fake news. No, it isn't fake news. It's lies. Flat out lies. They were making up stories about George W. Bush and Dan Rather and his crew all got fired and Dan Rather's career went down in flames. Who's to know if Dan Rather was ever telling us the truth? Or CNN for that matter, or Fox News, or any of them. But like I say, folks, most of the time is not the president that you should have a problem with. It's not the people in Washington, D.C. most of the time that you have a problem with. It's the people right here in your local government. I live in Burlington, Vermont. They've been working on St. Paul Street for like the past two or three years, putting up this monstrosity of a building which looks like a big eyesore. City of Burlington, Vermont, folks, is starting to look like little Boston. That could be a good thing as far as housing goes because we don't have any and we've never had any. But as far as changing the atmosphere of the city, I don't think it's for the good. But as I was saying, the situation in front of the building at St. Paul Street and Maple Street, they moved the crosswalk bumpers out so far that tractor trailers couldn't even maneuver through the intersection if they had to turn at an angle. That's how bad it was. And it took the people of Burlington to go to social media, different platforms of it, and complain about it till the city finally broke down and went back and moved the bumpers at the intersection back a little bit so it's easier to maneuver for vehicles. And they said it was going to cost the city over $20,000 to correct this mistake. But you know, folks, it goes to show that the city doesn't listen to the people. Because otherwise, they wouldn't have built this intersection the way it was. I always say it's who you vote into office, folks. That's where your problems lie. Your problems don't really lie in Washington, D.C. The people in Washington, D.C. aren't raising your property tax. They're not the ones raising the price of gasoline at your corner store, mom's and pop's convenience store because there's a handful of people that own the gas stations throughout the state of Vermont. And we all know that. And it's these people that own these gas stations are the one gouging you at the pumps. And while we're at it, we'll just dwell on this for a second. Have you ever noticed when you drive into Cumberland Farms and they have the advertisement that says if you download the app the Cumberland Farms app 
You can use it in the store. You can use it at the gas pumps. And when you do use it at the gas pumps, you're going to save 10 cents a gallon, which is a good thing. And like, for instance, today, I downloaded the app for the heck of it a while back because everybody wants to save 10 cents a gallon, don't they? That's a good thing. I thank Cumberland Farms for that. But this is the but. There's always a but, folks. This is a big one. When you pull up to the pumps, the price of gasoline is $2.75, right? So you're going to save $0.10 a gallon if you use their Cumberland Farms app. So instead of $2.75, you're going to be paying $2.65. That's a good thing. But the rest of the gas stations throughout the city of Burlington, most of them, have already got the price of gasoline lowered down to $2.65 a gallon. So you're not saving nothing compared to the other gas stations. You're still paying $2.65 when you use the Cumberland Farms app and you're saving $0.10 a gallon. The other gas stations are already there, folks. They're already at $2.65. If Cumberland Farms was already at $2.65, and I used their app, and I was saving ten cents, and I was paying two fifty-five. Well, I'd say hallelujah, thank God, somebody's actually looking to help the people. But it's a racket, folks. Big old scam racket. It's what it is. Gonna have to start going to uh, Cumberland Farms Facebook page. Probably. You're going to have to check that out and bring this up to them. See if we get any response. All right, so with that, we're going to move on to a song because uh, we've already burned up about 15 minutes of the show. I'm going to try to read more articles that I brought in with me today instead of just going straightly to politics because we start talking about politics, time goes by really fast. Things go into a blur, especially when you're talking about the president, Donald J. Trump. I don't know if you all saw the rally last night. I didn't see it all because I was switching it back and forth between the Patriots and the Giants game. But the part where he said the only thing that Joe Biden has ever been good at is kissing Obama's butt. <laughs> you know, I was laughing so hard I almost fell out of my chair. You know, this is what I love about Donald Trump. He speaks the truth. He speaks the language of the common person. The people that pay their salaries, these do-nothing politicians, the swamp. You know, President Trump's trying to drain the swamp, and uh, I can't understand why people are defending these big old swamp lizards down there in D.C., and especially ones right here in your own backyard. President Trump's gone to Washington to kick these bums in the teeth using both feet. You know, and some people say, well, you know, Louie, that's appalling. That's appalling. He said, you know, the only good thing that uh, Joe Biden's ever been good at is kissing Obama's butt. Well, we're living in a new age, folks. And it's time the swamp get drained. But you know, Cory Booker who I don't think is going to make it to the next round of the debates. I don't think he's meeting the qualifications, so I'm pretty sure that he's out. 
there's a few of them that are going to be left behind. But Cory Booker just recently was publicly speaking, and he dropped the F-bomb a couple, two or three times. You know, and the liberals were all cheering him on. It's okay for them to drop the F-bomb. So I guess it's okay for President Trump to say the only thing Joe Biden's ever been good at is kissing Obama's butt. You know, sticks and stones, folks. If they're going to drag all of this stuff out into the open, I guess everybody's going to see one another's dirty laundry eventually, aren't they? So we'll get back to that in a little while, but we're going to go to a song by Sweet. And it's another oldie but goodie, and it's called Love is Like Oxygen. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Welcome to Friday night, and turn this one up for Sweet.
All right, and that was Sweet with a song called Love is Like Oxygen. One thing about having your own radio show, folks, is if you want to play a long song like that, you're free to do whatever you want because it's your show and you can call the shots, right? A lot of radio stations, they'll play a short version of a song. Or they just won't even play a song because it's too long. A lot of radio stations, they only play what you're paying them to play. That's the God's honest truth, folks. But we're at a non-profit station, so we can do what we want, right? Sure. All right, so I'm going to go to a more serious news article here. And it says, uh, tons of bagels burn to a crisp when a truck hauling them catches on fire. Right? That's a sad day in itself, isn't it? Tractor trailer load of bagels catching on fire. It says all the cream cheese in the world couldn't have salvaged the 38,000 pounds of frozen bagels that burned in a tractor trailer fire. Indiana Trooper Mason Wiley was off duty early this past Sunday evening when he saw smoke coming from underneath an 18-wheeler traveling north on Interstate 65 in Indiana. So Wiley, who was headed south, found a crossover and turned around to pull over the trucker. Authorities identified the driver as a 31-year-old Quinter Lewis of Florida. That's a name you don't hear every day, Quinter. Q-U-I-N-E-R. By the time he got his big rig pulled to the shoulder of the road, the brakes were fully engulfed in flames and the fire was quickly spreading to the trailer. The heat grew so intense the rear tires of the trailer exploded. Lewis managed to disconnect the trailer and a tractor and the firefighter soon arrived to put out the blaze. But they were too late to save the trailer's contents, which was 38,000 pounds of frozen bagels. Investigators said Lewis failed to disengage his brakes, causing them to spark and ignite the fire. And the crews worked until 1 a.m. cleaning up the roadway and removing the charred trailer. And the burnt to a crisp bagels. Too bad, folks. Bagels are one of my downfalls. I'll admit it. I go over here to the store and I get these jalapeno bagels with the cheddar cheese melted all over them. Those are probably my favorite right there, jalapeno and cheddar bagels. It's funny because whenever we go out to California and visit our kids, they have a chain store out there called Ralph's Grocery Store. And they have these rolls. They're kind of like a croissant. And they have like the whole bagel slices all over them with melted Asiago cheese, I believe it is, all over them. And those things are like nuts. I mean... <laughs> Every time I go there, my daughter, she's got a bag of them sitting on the counter waiting for the, her dad. What a good kid, huh? That's reason to move enough to California in itself right there, folks. Okay, so 
This is something on the brighter side. It says uh, Vermont minimum wage to increase this coming January. And it says Vermont's lowest paid workers will get a raise in January. The Vermont Department of Labor this past Monday announced that the state's minimum wage will go up on January 1st. Right around the corner for you folks. Minimum wage earners will get an 18 cent boost to $10.96 an hour. And tipped employees, such as waiters and waitresses, will get $5.48 per hour. We know, folks, this is the perfect example right here of how the people in Washington, D.C. aren't really the ones screwing you over. It's the people right here on a local level. It's not just Vermont. It's every state. In a lot of states nowadays, what really bothers me is the fact that they no longer consider themselves to be a part of the United States, right? We the people. A lot of these peoples move into a territory, such as Vermont, and they get involved in politics, and they take it over. And then all of a sudden, Vermont, for instance, they claim themselves to be the most liberal state in the United States. So be it, right? But when it comes to a point where the legislators in Vermont have more power than the governor's veto power, it's a little bit scary. It's pretty scary when you go to the city council in Burlington, Vermont, and there's only one Republican sitting on the city council. The rest are liberals, Democrats, and progressives. You see where I'm going with this, folks? You could call it fascism if you want to. And a perfect example of that was when Obama became the president of the United States. Do you remember when George W. Bush entered his second term? The Democrats took over the House and the Senate. And they were the ones calling the show. Remember they were giving out housing mortgages to people who didn't even qualify? They were giving everybody and their cousin a mortgage to buy a house that they couldn't afford. But they were saying that, well, when your payment balloons in five years down the road, the economy will be doing better. You'll be doing better. You'll be making better wages. You'll have more money in the bank. And you will be able to afford that ballooned mortgage payment that we're giving you to as of today on a house that you can't afford now and there's no way in hell you're going to afford it five years from now when your mortgage payment doubles. That's the power the Democrats had when George W. Bush became president for the second time. And the economy was tanking because of reasons like that. Then when Obama became the president of the United States, they had the presidency, 
They had the House, they had the Senate, and they had the audacity. They had the audacity, folks, to go on the news cameras of the world and say that they had so much power that the Republicans should just stay home because regardless of what they attempted to do, they couldn't change things. So looking at a glass that's half empty and half full, you could be an optimist whether you liked Obama and the Democrats at all. And you could say to yourself, and you could think, well, they have all of this power. Maybe they can do a world of good with it. But the only thing that they did, folks, was they passed Obamacare. And Nancy Pelosi, who was the Speaker of the House then, she went on the cameras of the world and said, we have to pass Obamacare before we can read Obamacare. They passed Obamacare. And for the eight years that Obama was the president, they couldn't even hardly get the website to work. They unconstitutionally forced people to buy Obamacare. And if you didn't, then you were paralyzed because you had no control over the situation. So, if you didn't pay for Obamacare, your only other option was to be penalized. And it was something like a thousand dollars a year or something like that, maybe more. But the reality too, folks, is that until you paid that penalty for not having Obamacare, you did not get back your federal tax turn. And a lot of people, low income, really relied on that federal tax return. There's no way they could pay the penalty. So they didn't get no tax return. And that would go on year after year after year until you finally paid the penalty with the other penalties added on to it. So like I said, folks, most of the time, it's not the swamp rats in Washington, D.C. A lot of times, it's your local politicians that are sticking it to you. And this minimum wage right here, that they're going to boost 18 cents to $10.96 the 1st of January 2020, they're all like a bunch of vultures. You know, the price of milk is going to go up. The handful of people that own the gas stations throughout the state of Vermont, they're going to raise the price of gasoline. Whenever you go to register your car, the price is going to go up. If you have to renew your license, the price is going to go up. And this 18 cents an hour $10.96 means nothing. 
It's just giving people the green light to gouge you even more. This is another example right here, folks. I have a neighbor that lives on the corner of the street from me. And he was telling me that he purchased his home about 35 years ago. And his sidewalk on the corner has been chewed up. And he's been through the ringer, folks, for the last 35 years, trying to get his sidewalk repaired. And I'm sure that he's read the articles in the news talking about the city of Burlington saying how they will pave the street that you live on every 35 years. It's 30 to 35 years on the average. They will repair your sidewalk every 55 years on the average. So... You know, folks, you buy a home, you have a 30-year mortgage, let's say. So for the next 30 years, they're not going to pave your road. Next 55 years, they're not going to repair your sidewalk. But you ask yourself, I'm making a payment on my mortgage every month. And on top of that is taxes and insurance and whatnot. What am I paying in for? You can literally buy a home with a 30-year mortgage and never see the street you live on paved or the sidewalk repaired. And one thing I pointed out to this gentleman that lives down the street from me on a corner, I said, one of your problems is you have to look at that guy whose placard is on your lawn asking for you to vote for him for a re-election to city council. Because I told him, I've known you for years, and you've always got the same guy's placard on your lawn with him asking to be re-elected to city council. And this is the guy right here who could actually drag somebody's feet to the fire and get your sidewalk repaired. But instead, you ignore the fact that it's the local politicians that are sticking to you. It's not Donald Trump that's not repairing the street that you work on and live on. It's not Obama, when he was a president, who was refusing to repair your sidewalk wasn't George W. Bush or his father or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan. It was none of these guys. Not even Jimmy Carter. The person that is refusing to repair your sidewalk is your local politician. And a lot of people don't realize that the streets in your city are the jurisdiction, jurisdiction of the state and the legislators. So the legislators will say to the city of Burlington, okay, this year you're getting so many billions of dollars to repair the streets and the sidewalks, and it's up to them, your local politicians, to repair your sidewalk. But if you keep voting in the wrong politicians, folks, 
none of them are going to ever care about fixing your street or your sidewalk. Right? So, let's go to another song here. And this one is by Guns N' Roses. And it's called Sweet Child of Mine. And once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie. And we are definitely live. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're 42 minutes into the first hour. And I want you to definitely crank up the radio for this song by Guns N' Roses. Thank you. 
And that was Axel Rose, frontman of Guns N' Roses, singing Sweet Child of Mine. And the question for today is, where do we go now, right? So, before the song, we're talking about minimum wage being raised 18 cents to, what did I say, $10.96 in the state of Vermont. So where do you go from that? Let's jump over to Social Security. It says right here, retiree checks to rise modestly with a cost of living adjustment amid push to expand benefits. Well, that sounds good, right? It says millions of retirees will get a modest 1.6 cost of living increase from Social Security in the year 2020, an uptick with potential political consequences in an election year when Democrats are pushing more generous inflation protection. Well, let's look at when Obama was the president. Many years, Obama and his administration didn't give the people on Social Security nothing. Not a flat nickel, folks. The first time in history that a president had never given the people an increase in their Social Security checks and his administration. Let's not forget them. You know, Social Security is like the biggest chunk that they take out of your paycheck every week. People say, well, you know, someday there's not going to be any Social Security. Well... What they mean is there's not going to be any money in Social Security because people keep robbing the Social Security fund. There will always be Social Security taken out of your check because it's like the largest chunk that they take. They don't have to answer to nobody, folks. They don't have to write down on paper where all of this money's going to. You know, today on Facebook, I saw an article saying how Nancy Pelosi and his people, her people, were trying to take over $2 billion out of the Social Security Fund to fund this whole impeachment fiasco against President Trump. Sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? But after reading some of the things that I see on social media, I don't find it hard to believe at all. Just going to switch tracks here really quick. This article this morning 
was on Facebook by Bill O'Reilly. And he was talking about Chuck Todd, who does the show on Sunday mornings, Face the Nation. He's one of the uh, head liberal news people, if you want to call what he says is news. But anyhow, Bill O'Reilly was pointing out the fact that Chuck Todd is really pushing for the impeachment of President Donald Trump and he wants his punishment to be the death penalty. That really blows your mind, doesn't it, folks? Somebody wants to do a behind-the-door scenes impeachment on a president of the United States with no evidence of anything whatsoever. They don't even have any first-hand witnesses to this phone conversation that President Trump had with the president of Ukraine. They have a whistleblower who claims that this person has second-hand knowledge of the phone conversation. And the House recently changed the rules to be in a whistleblower to someone that can present second-hand or even third-hand information. And being considered a whistleblower, they don't have to reveal their identity. That's very scary right there, isn't it, folks? Very scary. It's like I said, liberals and Democrats and progressives, they're practicing fascism. And today, I heard on the news that they have a second whistleblower. This person does have first-hand knowledge of the phone conversation between President Trump and the President of Ukraine. Well, you know, folks, we all have first-hand knowledge of the phone conversation between President Trump and the President of the Ukraine, and it's called a transcript. And they're explaining that whenever the president, any president, has a phone conversation or regardless or whatever, between themselves and a forward person, that they have two people transcribing the conversation. And that way, if they have to look back upon it, they can take both of these individual transcripts from the two transcribers and compare them word for word to see if there's any difference or if they've been tampered with. And they have several layers of people overseeing these transcripts and the people that are transcribing them. So it's basically no way possible to fudge the transcripts. And everybody in the world has read them. So whether this first whistleblower has secondhand knowledge of the conversation or the second whistleblower has firsthand knowledge, it doesn't matter because we all have firsthand knowledge now, folks, because we've all had the opportunity to read the transcript. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the president pointing out to the president of Ukraine that Joe Biden and his son Hunter had some dirty dealings with the Ukrainians, and they should be investigated. 
because being the president of the United States and the commander in chief, it is only not only his right, but his responsibility to investigate anyone that is a threat to the national security of the United States of America. And they say, well, he's just trying to shoot down his political opponent. Joe Biden is an American citizen first, folks, and he's got some underhand doings going on with the Ukrainians and supposedly swindled money out of the Chinese and God only knows how many other countries because you know darn well, folks, it wasn't just the Ukrainians and the Chinese that Joe Biden and his son and all of the cronies were blackmailing. And this is the kicker right here. Joe Biden told the person, you're not getting your aid money. Told that to the Ukrainians. And they said, this isn't fair. We're going to call President Obama. And Joe Biden laughed and he said, go ahead and call Obama, but you're not getting your money. So that right there, folks, is what we need to focus on. When Joe Biden boldly told the Ukrainians, Go ahead and call Obama, but you're not getting your aid money. What does that tell you? That tells you that Joe Biden and his son had permission from Obama to blackmail the Ukrainians and the Chinese. Proves that Obama was in on it. Obama probably orchestrated the whole thing. Joe Biden was just the bag man collecting the money and the favors. That's what people need to look at right there, folks. So, like I was saying, to get back to the retirees, getting a 1.6 cost of living increase from Social Security in the year 2020... That's better than Obama gave them when he was a president and his administration. And you have to say to yourself, you know, every day I turn on the news or I'm looking at different articles throughout social media, different platforms of social media, and I see this article that Nancy Pelosi and her people are going to try to steal over $2 billion from Social Security to fund this impeachment process. And then you see articles how Joe Biden and his son Hunter, they got billions of dollars from the Chinese. And then you see these articles how when Hillary Clinton was a Secretary of State, they had Something like $8 billion, $8 billion, folks, was missing from her department. And you're figuring, okay, $2 billion here, $8 billion there, $2 billion here and there. It all adds up. And nobody's out looking for this money. And there's no investigations. And nobody's going to get prosecuted. And nobody's going to jail. And you say that money could be going towards Social Security, and people could be getting a big
bigger increase besides 1.6%. So we're going to start the second part of the show now. And where do we go from there? Let's see. This talks about how great the economy is doing. The unemployment is at 3.5%. Can you believe that? And it's even lower in the state of Vermont. Down to the state of Vermont is like 2%, if that, unemployment. Never in the history of the United States of America, folks, has unemployment been this low. One thing that really gets me is that when President Trump won the office of President of the United States, Obama was saying how these manufacturing jobs that President Trump said he's going to bring back to the United States of America was never going to happen. Obama said these jobs were never going to come back to the United States. And he said, what is President Trump going to do? Use a magic wand to bring these jobs back? Well, must be he has a magic wand, folks, because these jobs are coming back by the tens and hundreds of thousands and millions of jobs have been created. Something like six million jobs have been created in the last three years since President Trump's been in office. And I tell people, don't take my word for it. Go on YouTube. Look throughout social media. Listen to President Obama say the words out of his own mouth saying that President Trump would need a magic wand to bring jobs back to the United States. And Obama also said that we should get used to having a flat GDP in the United States because that's just how it is now. The jobs are gone. They're not coming back. Get used to having a flat GDP and high unemployment. Those are Obama's words out of his own mouth. And it's all over the media. Don't take my word for it. Go look for yourself, folks. So, since President Trump has been the president of the United States... There's been about 6 million jobs created. The jobs are coming back in droves because people have faith in America, folks. Once again, they have faith in America. When Obama was the president, remember how unemployment would last for about 28 weeks and things didn't get any better. And then he extended the unemployment to like 55 weeks. Remember that, folks? And the Democrat says, well, we have to re-elect him because things take time. It takes a while for the economy to kick in, folks. That's what the Democrats told us. They said, we have to re-elect Obama because things take time. So we started out with 28 weeks unemployment, extended it to about 55 weeks. Then the second term, folks, things did not get better. They extended the unemployment to something like 99 weeks. Isn't that ridiculous? And then after that, they said, 
Well, the unemployment is uh, stabilizing itself and it's dropping down a little bit. They say people dropped out of the workforce. They're not looking for jobs anymore. Is that one of the most asinine statements you've ever heard, folks? It is to me. A complete imbecile would realize that people just don't drop out of the workforce. They still have bills to pay. They still have a roof to put over their head. They still have food to put in their stomachs, in their family stomachs. The only way people drop out of the workforce is if you put them on disability. Bingo. It's just what he did, folks. And like I say, don't take my word for it. Once again, you can go to like the archives of 60 Minutes and you will see that these people came forward and they said these doctors were putting people onto disability in droves. They said one doctor was putting over 60 people a day onto disability. And they said that when you're a middle-aged man of about 40 years old, it's easy to put you on disability. You could have a bad back. You could have fibromyalgia. You could have many reasons to put you on disability. And Obama and his administration weren't questioning any of it because they wanted the unemployment rates to go down. They didn't want Obama to have the legacy of being the worst president in the United States of America. I mean, that's a title that Jimmy Carter held. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Also, another really bad president was Gerald Ford. When he took over, when Richard Nixon resigned. Does anybody recall anything that Gerald Ford ever did for the people? I sure as the heck don't. You know, he was a Republican. Jimmy Carter was a Democrat. I don't have much good to say about either one because I'm an independent, folks. People say, oh, Louie, uh, you, you don't hate Trump. So you must be a Republican. No, folks, I'm an independent and always have been. One thing I would like to point out really quick, though, is that Ellen DeGeneres, she has a talk show in the afternoon on television. Now, she recently said that she doesn't like Donald Trump and he will never go on her show. So you have to ask yourself, why would Donald Trump ever want to go on Ellen DeGeneres' show to begin with? Why did she even have to say that? Because she doesn't like him. And when George W. Bush was the president for eight years, the Democrats did exactly the same thing to George W. Bush as they're doing to Donald Trump. They speak about impeaching him every single second of the day. That's all Democrats know how to do. Spread hatred, talk about impeaching George W. Bush, 
calling him a war criminal. The people in Vermont says, if he ever steps foot in Vermont after he walks out of office, we're going to arrest him for being a war criminal. People stood on the streets of Burlington, mostly at the top of Church Street, with signs every single day till George Bush walked out of office saying how they were working to impeach him. You know, folks, they impeached Bill Clinton, and he didn't leave office. And if by some miracle they ever impeach Donald Trump, he's not going to leave office either. And number two, they have absolutely no reason to impeach Donald Trump. And if they ever did take a vote in the Congress, which they never will because they know, number one, that vote is going to go on the record of everyone who voted to impeach Donald Trump in the House. And that vote will be made public. And then all of those Democrats who got voted in on swing states and vice versa, their careers will be over. Because nobody in the United States wants President Donald Trump impeached. What they do want is an answer from any Democrat. They want the answer to the question, on what grounds do you have to impeach Donald Trump? They have none. Remember Adam Schiff, the chairman of the investigation committee, who I believe was appointed to this committee by Obama before he left office? Wasn't it Obama that set up all these committees before he left office to uh, investigate and impeach Donald Trump? Another behind the door type of situation going on as it's going on today. But like I say, those votes would be made public. Somebody would finally have to pull parties in from both sides, from the Ukrainian company that was paying off Joe Biden and his son and the relatives of John Kerry, Nancy Pelosi, Whitey Bulger's nephew, I believe it was, was on that committee also for the energy company in Ukraine. Isn't that amazing how these people all ended up on a committee for an energy company in Ukraine and they're all being paid like $50,000 a month. And now they're finding out that sometimes Hunter Biden was receiving over $100,000 a month. And nobody's knocking on Hunter Biden's doorstep asking for answers. Nobody. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, progressive, liberal, whatever you are, folks, you have to stand back and think. What kind of BS are they trying to hand me? You know, if they can 
go ahead and try to impeach the President of the United States behind closed doors. And this is another thing I heard on the news today. They're saying that it's been requested that these two whistleblowers with secondhand and thirdhand information about the phone conversation with President Trump's and the President of Ukraine. They say that they don't believe that it's safe for these two whistleblowers to go behind locked doors in Congress to answer questions. But now, Adam Schiff and company are saying how they think it's okay if they have written statements from these two so-called whistleblowers. Well, that right there, folks, is one of the most scariest things I've ever heard where two non-existent people can write up a statement to impeach the President of the United States. If they can do that to the President, what they, they do can people like you and me. You've got to ask yourself, regardless of who you are, you have to ask, what can this government do to you and me without any proof, any evidence, any witnesses? Just a piece of paper that somebody somewhere wrote against you. And this is like I was saying earlier, as crazy as this all sounds, Bill O'Reilly, like I said, don't take my word, go to Bill O'Reilly's wall on Facebook and you will see that he has an article from Chuck Todd, the host of Face the Nation show on Sundays, right? He is saying that President Trump should be impeached and he should receive the death penalty. Wow. That, folks, is beyond fascism. Way beyond. You know, that's scarier than the days of Hitler, Mussolini, the Ku Klux Klan strutting down the street in their Klan outfits with a rope. Because that's basically what we're going back to, folks. And when you have... Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman of Minnesota, saying how Allah and Sharia law should take over. What is the punishment of people who don't agree with Sharia law? Death. And mostly by beheadings. That's their way, folks. Like I say, regardless of who you are or what you are, you better think about it, folks. Because if Sharia law ever comes to the United States, we've all seen where they take gay people, for instance, and throw them off of rooftops and kill them because they don't accept gay people. You know, and I saw on the news the other day where they were saying how Trump hates gay people 
right? Well, you know, if these people had actually turned on the news since Trump became president, they would see that President Trump has been at the United Nations and around the world giving speeches saying how all of these countries and all of these cultures should accept gay people instead of throwing them off the rooftops and killing them. Like I say, folks, don't take my word for it. Go out there and research it for yourself. Now, I don't recall Obama or Joe Biden ever going to the United Nations standing up for the rights of gay people. And you can research it again, and you will see in the past, Obama was against gay marriage. Joe Biden last night was on a town hall meeting with Anderson Cooper discussing the fact that at one time when Joe Biden was the vice president, he said that he didn't care if gay people were married or not. And he thought Obama was going to be really mad at him for it. But he said when Obama confronted him in the office like the next day, he said something like, oh, I'm glad that you really said that, Joe, and you came out supporting gay marriage. And he said like three times on the show last night, folks, the town hall meeting with Anderson Cooper, that Obama walked across the office and kissed him, meaning Joe Biden. And he kind of demonstrated it to Anderson Cooper. And when he walked over to Anderson Cooper, he wasn't demonstrating the fact that Obama was going to give him a kiss on the cheek either. It was like full-blown on the mouth. So, what does that tell you about Obama Joe Biden? Sounds like they got some uh, gay tendencies going on themselves there, don't you think? <laughs> you know, folks, like I say, don't take my word for it. You know, you can probably go on Hulu or somewheres and play back that town hall meeting last night with Joe Biden and Anderson Cooper. And you can also go places and see videos of President Trump going to the United Nations and around the world defending gay rights. It's like I say, some of these politicians are so corrupt and so insulting, they just don't bother to pull the wool over your eyes. They pull the whole sheep, right? They pull the whole sheep right over your eyes. That's how arrogant they are, folks. So with that, 7.44, let's go to a, uh, let's go to a short song here before my friend Jerome P. Alimony comes in and takes over from 8 to 10. He's the founder of North Star Radio, and he's one of the best rap artists that I've ever heard, folks. I hope you stick around for that. So uh, let's go to this song really quick. And then we'll come back, and this is Foreigner with a song called Head Games.
Don't forget to turn this up. That was Mr. Lou Grahams and Foreigner with a song called Head Games. So, like I was saying, the economy is doing so good. They're saying how some of these companies, in a way to entice employees and get them to stay, is they're allowing them to work 
four days a week at 10 hours a day to get their 40 hours in. But they're saying 12% go a step further and offer four days, but the employees only have to work 32 hours a week. They get 40, paid for 40 for working 32 hours a week. That's how good the economy is doing, folks. Do we want to lose that by voting Republican and dropping the borders? I mean, voting Democrat, I'm sorry. Dropping the borders and flooding this country with people we know nothing about. One thing I'd like to just say real quickly is that when NAFTA was created by Mr. Bill Clinton when he was president, all of the jobs got sucked out of this country like a massive vacuum. We all know that for a fact. So these countries like India and China have been using slave labor, child labor, cheap labor to build products like iPhones and whatever, right? Making unimaginable amounts of profit. Apple said, for instance, last year, they had like $230 million in just pocket change to play with. And only like 30 million of that 200 billion, 30 billion out of 230 billion dollars, folks. Only 30 billion is in the United States banks and the rest of it is offshore. And that's just Apple. That's not even all these Chinese countries, Indian companies. If we dropped the borders and had no requirements for coming here, all of these rich companies and rich people from around the world would move right into the United States, put you out of a job, put you out of your home because you wouldn't be able to afford to live there anymore. And we'd all be living in the streets. That's the God's honest truth, folks. So we don't want that to happen. So we don't want to drop the borders. And we want people vetted before they come to the United States. People that love this country and want to assimilate and be an American citizen. Because if you do that, everybody's welcomed. Even New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu says that he doesn't want the president impeached. He says it's all just politics. And the reporter asked him, do you support the inquiry? And he said, no, of course not. Nobody wants the president impeached. And number two, they have no reason. So we've got a few minutes left and we're going to switch over to this, which I've always discussed, which is really disgusting. And this is about Matt Lauer. He used to be like the head honcho at the Today Show on NBC. So he's got another woman that's come forward saying how they were out of assignment during the Olympics, I believe. He knocks on her hotel room and goes in there and forces himself on her and rapes her. All right? You know, 
Everybody knew this. It's common knowledge. Even the other host on the Today Show, like Savannah Guthrie, Hoda and those guys, they used to do skits joking about it. They would show themselves standing there talking, like by the water cooler. And here comes Matt Lauer walking around in his boxer shorts. And they would jokingly say, Matt, go back in your office, put your pants on or whatever. Because they all knew that he had a lock on the door with a button underneath his desk that would lock and unlock that door. And he would be in there taking sexual advantage of women that worked there. And they all knew about it. They were all enablers. That's the politically correct term nowadays, folks, enablers. But the thing was, did he get investigated and prosecuted and incarcerated? No, he didn't. He just basically lost his job. And what happened was Savannah Guthrie and Hoda, they took his place. And they're on there all the time saying how, oh, we miss that Matt Lauer so much and we still have lunch with him and we still hang out with him and they're still okay with it. Isn't that sick? You know, I said from day one that all of these people on the Today Show should have been let go. Just like when Dan Rather and his people were accused of making up lies about George W. Bush on CBS, they all got let go. And it's not too late, folks, because if this woman presses charge of rape against Matt Lauer, she should really push it. And she should have him prosecuted and incarcerated. And she should bring in all these other people on the Today Show as enablers or if you call them accomplices, whatever you want to call them, folks, they should all go down. Glad I got that out of my system. <laughs> We're going to get heading out here in a second, but... I want to leave the show today talking about the wildfires out in California. It's a scary thing. They say the uh, winds from the San Andrea Mountains are causing it all. But, you know, we've seen incidents on the news, like last year, for instance, where they showed one guy lighting fires. And we've seen times on social media where terrorists are going around saying how people should start these fires to burn down people's homes and maybe take the lives of Americans because that's one way to spread terrorism. We've seen that through social media. You know, I can't believe that these fires every year are caused just by the San Andreas winds. Do you? But... I just want to take a second to say a prayer for these people out there. And I pray that God changes the winds or whatever it takes to put out these fires. Maybe bring in some rain. It's 
got to be really scary living in the atmosphere where you can look up over the ridge and all of a sudden firewalls coming at you. And sometimes they show that these people are in their vehicles and they're trying to get out of their neighborhoods. And the whole neighborhood is on fire and the smoke is so thick you can hardly see through it. That's scary, folks. So I just want to leave the show by taking a moment to ask people to say a prayer for these people in California who are going through this situation with the wildfires. Going to be leaving the show today with a song by Mr. Paul McCartney and it's called Band on the Run. And I hope you all enjoyed the show today. And tune in next Friday and every Friday 6 to 8 p.m. And I hope you all have a good weekend. Bye.